and welcome once again. It's another season. It's here, and we're really excited. This is your backstage pass to the Boscov's Berks Jazz Fest. 27 years now, and it keeps getting bigger and better and stronger. And this truly is backstage. Well, actually, it's upstage at the balcony at the uh, Miller Center because the, uh, I guess you could say, official start of Jazz Fest was today, and it was the matinee for the Peter White Christmas. And a perennial favorite here at the Boscov's Berks Jazz Fest is none other than Rick Braun. Thanks for taking the time. You're welcome, Joe. Great to be here. Quite a show. It is always fun to come back home. It's always emotional for me to come back home because I think about all those things and family always comes by and there's food backstage that, you know, we always always enjoy. Like I walk in the cruise eating Philadelphia cheesesteaks from the place down the street. and <laughs> Winner you know, out. It's great. It's just a beautiful thing. So there's no extra... Um, angst or anything like that or pressure I shouldn't say angst pressure because family's here is it a different energy for you you know my brother plays the trombone my brother and I don't know people I, I always want to announce this he, he came out and he's actually a part of the show even though people don't know it he's he's on the recorded track we use to embellish the end of a, a holy night oh. and his trombone playing is in there and so I, I always know he's in the audience uh, because uh, John Ernesto and the gang here always takes good care of my family. I spring them with like 15 guests at the last minute. It's never a problem. God bless you, John. And, uh, you know, he's out there. So there's always that pressure of, OK, Russ is listening. He's going right. to hear it if I mess up. So I play a little bit, a little bit more careful, a little bit more deliberate. I would. I mean, they, they have the, the right to poke at you a little bit. And they do. I'm sure. <laughs> That's what family's for, right? That's yeah, love exactly. You. Yes. Yeah. And we all do. You're doing something different. Even after 27 years, you've been a, a, actually a staple of the Jazz Fest. But you're changing it up a bit this year. A couple of years back, maybe a, more than a couple, you, have, you really sings with strings. Right, right. And there's a song on there called Chet Baker Sings. Um. No, actually, on 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 that sings with strings, there isn't. But what? But I did do a Chet Baker. You, there, what, you I, we were talking about the tribute that I did for Chet Baker. Oh, okay. It's not released. Uh, uh, it didn't quite come out exactly the way that I would like to do. But I did a Chet Baker tribute here at the Burks, over in uh, at the Crown Plaza in in the uh, in the uh, bar there in in Gerald Veasley's uh, club. Right. Right. And that was a lot of fun. And what I did is I recreated um, a lot of Chet's performances. And I tried to really capture what Chet was doing in his minimal, laid-back, understated way of singing. And I actually learned several of his solos. So I would start out solos on songs like Let's Get Lost or Daybreak. Um, you know, um, You Don't Know What Love Is. I would, I would actually emulate Chet, Chet's playing on that. Why Chet? What is it about Chet that you know, inspires you? Gosh, there's so much about Chet that has inspired so many people. I mean, I was fascinated with Chet Baker. And it's interesting because I didn't find out really about him until later on. My early influences were people like Al Hurt, Freddie Hubbard, uh, uh, you know, Herb Alpert and, and stuff like that. And then, and then uh, I found Chet later on in life. And once I discovered him, it, it was clear to me that he was one of the most gifted uh, musicians uh, mm. around and the fact that he was the champion along with Dave Brubeck and uh, Jerry Mulligan and uh, you know Stan Getz of the West Coast Cool movement um, he was such a lyrical uh, melodic player but his choice of notes was so deep and so 
wonderfully leading through the changes. Mm -hmm. There's a choice of so many notes to play, and lots of players play a whole bunch of notes, and they hit some right ones along the way. Chet only played the right notes. He only played the right notes, and he played them in such an understated, emotional way that I think he influenced a generation. He influenced so many people. It's interesting. You talk about he always played the right notes, and, and so you use your instrument, you use your, your trumpet to evoke an emotion. Yeah. That that is your musical voice, that trumpet, and you're, you eke emotion out of that. Well, that's that's the ultimate goal of every musician, and and uh, you know it's like um, I was blessed enough to when I first moved away from Allentown, went to Rochester, New York, went to school, left school early, and went to Los Angeles and recorded an album that was produced by the great T.O. Macero. T.O. Macero produced Miles Davis and produced Bitches Brew and uh, many of his records. And what I learned from him is it's, it's not so much what you say, it's what you don't say sometimes. Oh. In other words, Miles was, was an artist of just, you know, he'd play like three notes as opposed to the, the way that music was in the bebop era and Dizzy Gillespie just playing like a, yes. like a, like a fire. maestro yeah. and fire. Yeah. But Miles brought in the cool. And I think that's what Chet Baker, uh, in some ways, um, you know, he was championing that cause on the West Coast and Miles Davis was doing it on the East Coast. And now you're doing it on both coasts well, as well. Uh, I wouldn't say, I would not <laughs> in a million years put me in that category. I just did. But, <laughs> you're there, Rick. <laughs> but I'm... <laughs> I'm enjoying. Uh, I'm enjoying the process. I really am. You're putting down the trumpet and you're using your yeah. your voice now. That is your. Inst I, I wouldn't say your instrument of choice, but it, it is now an instrument that you are putting forth on the stage. So, do you want like one better than the other? How is it different to uh, evoke emotion with your voice versus the trumpet? Well, I'll tell you what. When I practice at home, what I'll do is I'll I'll take a standard, mm -hmm. and I'll I'll play. And then, I'll, and then I'll put my horn down and I'll sing it. And then I'll play a chorus and then I'll put my horn down and improvise a chorus vocally. And it's interesting how one influences the other and, and the other, and if you, it's like I can sing things that I cannot play. Really? And, and the interesting thing about that is if I allow my, my, the singing to influence my playing, it becomes more like Chet. And what I discovered after reading biographies and, you know, as though I had wings and uh, biographies and autobiographies of his, um, the guys in the band, he would constantly be singing. He was constantly singing and improvising vocally, at, like really quietly. And the singing was the thing that, that, that influenced his playing. And you're finding you're doing that as well? Yeah, I, I try to. I try to because it, it forces me to play more melodically, forces that, you know. I can't wait. You're doing a whole show called The Music of Chet Baker. Yes. At, at yeah. I think it's the last weekend of the festival, the 7th and 8th. And um, I think it's the that 8th. you're... Okay, we're doing it the 8th. John, John, John Ernesto's here. 8th? He's sorting us out right now. And that one's going to be at the Southside Parlor, Burks. Yes. At the Doubletree. Yes. So that's something yeah. new as well. Yeah, I mean, I was just speaking with John about it, and we're very excited because the Club South down in Philadelphia yep. is, has in, got, gotten involved, and so it's, it's kind of a, a partnership. And I'm really excited. I mean, it's, it's going to be uh, all decorated out like the club. And, uh, of course, that club is, is a wonderful place to go and play. I've, yes. I've done that once, and Gerald just invited me back, so I'm excited about that. Looking so forward to it, big time. Mini replica right here. And then you're doing the West Coast Jam. 
Right. What's, what's that? Well, you know, I, I don't know if people know this, but I've, I've been producing records for many, many years, and I've produced uh, several of Richard Elliott's records, as well as Mark Antoine's and David Benoit's and, uh, you know, um, Jeff Golo's, most of his records, and, and, I, and I produced my own records. And I produced Richard's last record, and he wanted to do a record that was really the funk. It was, like, all about the funk, and, and so we, we worked on this record. And it has a horn section. It has all this spontaneous jamming on it. And so that's what, that's what he wanted to do is put together a package that would, would carry that message out there. And it's going to be a lot of fun because it's me, Norman Brown, mm. and Richard Elliott. And we're going to bring a young horn section with us. And we're going to, you know, try to, uh, try to find the energy to do some dance steps that we used to do back in the day when he toured with Tower of Power and I was with War and Jack Mack and the Heart Attack. We all had our steps i think if we can remember them we might be able to do them that's going to be a fun fun night it's going to be fun there's a series running right now and it's all about the evolution of sound and its influences and the technology on the music industry yeah so i'm curious as a producer i mean you're producing you're playing the trumpet you're singing what brings you the most joy well i think it's a balance because if i was constantly touring i would never get to see my family and i would feel really uncentered i need to be home Mm-hmm. On the other hand, there comes a point where I'm working at home all the time and I'm in the studio. I'm walking into the kitchen at all hours. I'm leaving a mess in the kitchen where my wife says, isn't it time you went out on tour? Rick's <laughs> <laughs> home. <laughs> and, you know, the kids get a little tired of dad walking in. I'm trying to find the right sound for this and that. But, uh, you know, I'm really, really blessed because I think balance is the most important thing in life. And to have that balance of of being home and also being blessed with a family and a wife in particular who has who has the sturdy rock-like constitution to put up with all the changes that that happen in a musician's life i mean you can imagine and we have a special needs daughter so it's not easy it's not easy you know balance i like the word i like the word that you used and and balance is something you bring to your music and when you provide that outlet for all of us to enjoy it, you give us a little balance because we need to break from whatever is going on in, your li- in, in our life. That's true. This That's has true. been a pleasure, Rick. Thank you very much for taking the time and looking forward to the concerts in April and, of course, another one this evening. Well, and, and I am too. It's always great to be home and, you know, so glad to be able to, to continually come back home and that people are willing to come out and hear me play again and again and again. I'm trying some new stuff, folks. Don't miss it. That's what's a little snippet of of the 27th annual Boscov's Burks Jazz Fest kicking it off with Rick Braun. Thank you. Thank you.